0: My guest on this week's episode of Susan Search is Marty Weintraub, founder of Aimclear. Marty is one of the most popular digital marketing personalities in the world. He's an in-demand conference presenter and frequent keynote speaker. He's presented at nearly every major digital marketing conference in the world. In fact, at this point in his career, it would probably be easier to list the conferences he hasn't spoken at. Marty has earned numerous individual awards and accolades. He was named the U.S. Search Personality of the Year by the U.S. Search Awards in 2013. He has appeared on PPC Heroes' list of the top 25 most influential PPC experts five times. There's hardly a list of the top digital marketers in the world that doesn't include Marty. His agency Aimclear has earned an incredible number of awards. Under Marty's leadership, they have appeared on the Inc. 500-5000 list six times. They've won a whopping 27 U.S. Search Awards, which is more than any other agency. Aimclear has worked with some of the largest brands in the world, including Airbnb, Uber, PayPal, Venmo, eBay, Dell, LinkedIn, Etsy, and many, many others. I caught up with Marty shortly after PubCon Austin. I'm going to start our conversation talking to him about his presentation, which is all about setting up LinkedIn automations to connect with the ideal audiences. We'll also talk about an article he wrote on the Aimclear blog after interviewing ChatGBT about ChatGPT. The results were surprising and incredibly interesting grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with the great marty weintraub we'll talk about his photography which is absolutely astonishing we'll talk about how he uses linkedin to build connections and generate business opportunities we'll spend some time discussing chat and how our industry will be disrupted forever all right marty weintraub welcome to Susan search how are you doing today
1: well, I'll show you. All you have to do is look at the other side of the cup, and you know how I'm doing it
0: today. <laughs> I love the tracks it. of my tools. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, for those not watching, Marty was kind enough to join me on Friday, on a Friday afternoon, so thank you for that. I know it's been uh, a, a travel week for you. You must have just gotten back from PubCon Austin, which is a Gosh,
1: big- it's been a travel month for me. It's been a travel month Um Um, my, my outside of marketing passion is chasing the Aurora all over the world. And so, um, eight days in Fairbanks, Alaska home for a few minutes in Minnesota, and then 10 days in the Arctic circle in Norway, in the Lofoten islands. And then I did experience the new KLM, um, dreamliner trip direct from Amsterdam to Austin, Texas. Um, and then finally back to Minnesota after that. So I've been gone for a while. It's nice to be home.
0: Before we get into the marketing stuff, your pictures are beautiful. You're an unbelievable photographer. I was doing a little research for this show. I didn't realize this about you. What? Just wanted to compliment you. To your face, your 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 your, your photos are amazing. Uh, this must be a huge passion project for you.
1: Thanks. I've been taking pictures since I was a kid, but I've gotten really interested in nighttime sky photography—yeah, Milky Way and Aurora. And it's just a wonderful hobby gone terribly awry. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, and yes, I'm very serious about it. And if anybody follows this to my personal Facebook profile or um, to my photography website, then I'm happy to give away. The high resolution files for printing i i don't use it as a money-making endeavor at this time um, but it's just something i love to do i love the timing of it so many highly creative things in this world take really a lot of process and time um like making a record um or or um or a sculpture or things like that like whereas photography um once you take out all the travel planning and all that soup to nuts. It's maybe four hours or five hours to shoot it and edit it. And like, I just really like, I like the pace and also how much more a camera can see than the human eye. And I've I've actually learned to see and appreciate beauty from my cameras.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I, I will link to some of these photos because they're, if you, if you haven't seen Marty's photography, it's, it's worth taking a look at. Um, and in the meeting. thank you so much. Also, there's a website,
1: crackedpepper.com, crackedpepper.com, which is my I haven't uploaded the last um, few months of photos, but I will soon, and it shows the body of my work. So thank you for that. Yes, it's my um it's my keep a keep a mature person busy while the amazing people that run aim clear do their thing.
0: Well, I love it. And I, I wanna ask you a little bit about your presentation at PubCon. Um you know, you, you talked about LinkedIn automation. This is not an area I know a lot about. Um, help me understand if you would, what, what, what were, uh, this was one of these these speeches where you started talking and I could tell you were talking because on SEO Twitter and on Twitter everywhere, people were going, Marty Weintraub is, is doing it. Like is the best speaker of you don't hear him, you gotta be out there. What, uh, what, tell us about the talk and what you covered in terms of LinkedIn automations.
1: We learned a long time ago that there's one way to subdivide social media websites that can be key, and that's the ones where when you visit somebody else's profile, you leave your picture behind mm-hmm. and not. When you visit someone's Facebook page, you can't really tell. The, so the person whose profile you visited can't really tell you were there. Instagram, somebody can see that you looked at their story, and that's about yeah. it. Um uh, LinkedIn, however, if you were, if you set up the permissions properly, then you leave your badge behind in the who looked at your profile. Um, it, we learned it actually eons ago with the social media channel Stumble Upon, yeah. where when you visited somebody and Stumble Upon, you left the picture behind. And also, ancient history is my blog log, a Yahoo property, where in the genesis of all of our um, digital marketing companies, we would have this thing on our WordPress blog, where you could see who was there first. And so I did the only reasonable thing. We're probably talking 2008, 2009. I, I automated my browser pasted it a list of the top uh, digital marketing websites. And just all day long, my browser visited those sites. And so I was always at the top of their, my blog blog and I'd go to conferences and people would go, wow, man, you're just everywhere. So we've always kept that close to heart. And in reality, One of the tippity top things people do on LinkedIn is look at other people. Very close to that is looking at people who have looked at you. It's kind of like dogs walking by each other, (laughs) giving it a little sniff, a little snifter, a little snifter, a little snifter, and then. um, So, if you consider your LinkedIn profile that way, and the the top part of your LinkedIn profile is a. a 1200 pixel by 500 pixel banner that says, I am intriguing. You want to connect with me if you're paying attention and then optimize the little piece that's left behind in the recently viewed part, then it's a math problem. You can create a very highly targeted audience using LinkedIn or sales navigator preferably because there's more targeting variables. Then you can say in theory if you looked at 10,000 profiles over the course of a month, a predictable amount of them will come back and look at you. And of those, if you've optimized your LinkedIn profile sufficiently to where they're intrigued by who you are, like if you look at my LinkedIn profile, you'll see that it's the angle of my head, sunglasses or not, the words that I use to say what my job is, et cetera. And it's all designed to convert viewbacks to connection request backs. And it, it's math, I have, the, I have the numbers here for what that looks like. Uh, let's pull up my most recent Easy. numbers for that. I'm sorry for shaking my um, screen about that. Uh, I think it would be, um, the numbers are like, okay, so, so um, between four and 10% of the total people you view will look back at you if your profile is optimized. And of those, um, uh, you'll, you'll get a 10 to 15% of connection. Of those who view back, you will accept the connection requests from 10 to 15% of the ones who requested it. Essentially, if you zoom all the way out, um, if you crawl 10,000 people, you'll end up friends with between half a percent and a percent of the people, and they ask you for friendship. And you just go, yep, 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 no, no, no. And every morning you wake up and, um, and it's your very explicit and amazing target audiences, uh, looking back at you and asking you for friendship. <clears throat> um, we'll, in just a second, I'll tell you how you accomplish that, but it's pretty cool because you can um, use those audiences for various purposes aside from making actual friends. Number one, the power dynamic of me asking you for friendship is really different than the dynamic of you looking at my profile and asking me for friendship. It's a different power differential because I have asked for nothing. Um, also, if you know how to um, if you know how to enrich that list of people that you're crawling in the audiences, that you're viewing in the audiences, There's a way to take those out of Sales Navigator, enrich them with a business email address and use them again as a custom audience inside of LinkedIn, which means you can use the the fly tricked out organic Sales Navigator data to run your LinkedIn ads with, with a pretty good degree of um, success. And so it's not really feasible for me to sit and look at 10,000 LinkedIn profiles a month. So there are various tools out there that Will crawl as you using your bandwidth, feigning human behavior. Um, um, it's sort of an insider's thing that people have been doing for a long time, um, but we've taken it one step farther. Now, Marty crawls a bunch of people, and a lot of people ask him for friendship. Um, Marty posts something on his LinkedIn page, and um, it's viewed, and there's organic results. My company Aim Clear takes that post and shares it on the company profile page, and then my company runs ads to the same audiences that I've been crawling.
0: Okay, well, let me let me ask you this part about it because uh, I, I think this is fascinating, and I do this. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can totally relate to what you're talking about about uh, seeing who looked at my LinkedIn and, and being curious about it. The, the piece that I thought was interesting was Sales Navigator and how you can start to use that to put on filters and do other things. How do you, let's, let's take this to the next stage where um, you, you're now even using it with Aimclear and everything else to, to, to find customers.
1: Well, Sales Navigator replaced early LinkedIn advanced search and it has a lot more options than LinkedIn does for searching. I mean, it essentially replaces LinkedIn premiums, in-mails, et cetera. LinkedIn search itself is kind of rudimentary and quirky and it works in a pinch. Sales Navigator, the the core version is like a grand a year. Um, Sales Navigator is search divides by company headcount, current company, past company, company type, employee headquarters, who viewed your profile, job title, past job title, the function, you search seniority level, Years you've been at the current company. Um, 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 it, it's a fantastic tool. And so once I'm out there crawling audiences, um, acquiring inbound viewbacks, and then people asking me for connection, and then me accepting um, connection, then I can post things on my personal LinkedIn profile then my company can share those posts, then the company can run ads to the same audiences I've been networking with.
0: So, I, I mean, I think, I think the next thing is, you know, you, 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 you've got this, uh, I, I don't know how to put it, you've got this specificity of audience advantage in LinkedIn that doesn't exist in any other social yeah, media.
1: greatest repository of um, business data Available to um, most marketers on Earth, Microsoft has done a really good job with LinkedIn. And don't forget, I mean, people think, oh, B two B with LinkedIn, but don't forget B two B to C because ski instructors buy chapstick and parkas, and yeah. um, and people who are in business, well, they're people too, and they have needs that are associated with their business. If they're if 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 they're um, travel bloggers, then you can sell them anything. <laughs> so, um, so LinkedIn is just a fantastic in, environment with really explicit data to target people about business, about their business, and about their 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 humanity that pertains to signals that you um, can mine from their business data.
0: Well, it's fascinating, and I, I want to make sure. Um, it, You'll be you'll be speaking more. I, I'm I'm sure about this topic, but in the meantime, I, I I love what you're what you're doing here. I think this is cutting edge stuff. Not many people are, are onto this, and uh, I I think you've got a fascinating approach. That I want to make a, a abrupt left turn here, if I could, and talk to you about a blog post yeah. you wrote uh, <laughs> on the AimClear website. Okay. Yes, exactly. And on the AimClear site, you had a an interview with ChatGPT. So you actually asked ChatGPT questions about ChatGPT. So well, this is so interesting to me. You start out the, art, the, the article and you say it was at parts profound, it was at parts creepy, at parts it was just shitty and terrible. Um, overall, you were in the interview chair in that one. What did you find about interviewing ChatGPT that you thought that you found uh, interesting?
1: Well, ChatGPT isn't sentient, but it's super smart. And we can preface the whole conversation by saying that we don't think that a lot of marketers are gonna lose their jobs to ChatGPT, but we do think that a lot of marketers are gonna lose their jobs to marketers who use ChatGPT and other AI. And there are gonna be people that depend on AI too much that lose their job to humans that use AI. I mean, taking a step all the way back, we're an integrated marketing agency and say you're a potential client of ours and you call us up and say, Hey, um, um, I filled out your intake forms online and um, I'd like to do um, a full funnel, integrated marketing stack. Um, Mm -hmm. Go. We don't have, I mean, I'm looking around the company here and like, I don't know, we don't have a switch that does that shit. It doesn't like, like we can't just switch on the bespoke or even standardized within each channel. Uh, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, etc. The channels have always gone way out of their way to add the idiot button or to add the we don't need those marketers except to be semi-competent salespeople with a limited amount of data, just enough to bring us their money. Um, All you need to know about that is how Google treats, I don't know, a client that spends $200 a year you go try to get support and it's not much different than like the 50 buck a month client. Not really, not sometimes. So, um, so, so we should frame, uh, chat GPT as saying, I mean, it's a tool the same way Sam rush is a tool or SpyFu is a tool or, or, or optimizer is a tool. Um, um, like they just, just they're tools. Uh, disclosure, some of those clients, some of those people I just mentioned are clients. So just for disclosure for um, F- FTC or former clients. Um, so, yes, I asked ChatGPT a bunch of questions about ChatGPT. And essentially what I learned that after you find the workarounds to get it to talk about itself, um, it like it, ChatGPT comes, comes clean. It, it's particularly fascinating when it starts to refer to itself as me or I. Um, That's very interesting and the main thing I learned is that you can get ChatGPT to back up many theories that you have by a simple technique that actually is a technique that all marketers should use. Say I asked ChatGPT to write an article, ChatGPT write write, um, a detailed article about why riding fat tired bicycles in a black ice storm is a really great thing to do. (laughs) Um, And ChatGPT will come back and say, um, while inherently dangerous and not advised, um, some people, thrill seekers, believe that and then it'll just go on and it'll continue to equivocate about the reasons, you know, you you might not want to do that. Like, it's kind of dumb to ride your bike in a raging ice storm. Um, So then you take a look at the output and you go, um, rewrite this. Colon, paste what it just did. Space, space. Do not say colon. Quote, bad idea. Comma, close quote. Um, a lunatic fringe. Comma, close quote. I'm not advised. It said, and so you clean it on the negative. Um, include, include the phrases. Quote, can be exhilarating. Um, um, can be done safely if proper caution is taken. And then do that. And then it'll come back and it will equivocate it'll equivocate just a little less. It maybe after eight, 10, 12 iterations where you're continually doing um, um exclusions and inclusions, and you add things like um um use the following words and set the tone of it, and then you tell it don't use any three-word or more phrases more than two times in a row for the whole thing. And to misspell every approximately um, um, 400th word and add an extra space every 500 words. um, So you beat the, we potentially beat the checkers for it because ChatGPT doesn't misspell shit or put in extra spaces all all the time. Then what you get is um, riding your fat tire bicycle in an ice storm can be incredibly exhilarating. Um, Some people find it exhilarating and do it for – recently did the same thing. Um, Write an article about how the planetary alignment and weather in Nova Scotia can portend the second coming of a messiah in two religions. (laughs) And and I mean, the article you get is, while widely disproven by science – so, um, what I learned interviewing ChatGPT was I learned that if you don't just accept the first output and start editing, and then you dial in exclusions, inclusions, words to use guardrails around repetitiveness, um, and other things to per- perhaps confuse checkers that, um, you can get some very compelling work about it. In fact, if you go to my LinkedIn profile there is i wrote an article about recent heart surgery that i underwent that was catastrophic it was in um 2021 and i was in a coma for a couple weeks and it was six weeks of hospitalization and a very long 10 months of recovery or a year i'm finally now just really doing great and um that post chat gpt
0: no way really way oh god heart surgery oh my god
1: way i mean I, I mean I, but, I, I, but I wrote. I mean I wrote um, but the but the query was very interesting. like um, um find I have it here. I pulled it in case you asked about it um, yeah. today. It's pretty Definitely interesting. It. Um, the original query was um, write an emotional blog post about how surviving heart surgery, help focus on being at bitter because one, a person's heart is central to survival as is the pulse of the marketplace, teammates, money, and intangibles like intuition and guile Two, heart surgery with complications, almost passing away is one of the worst things that can happen short of fully dying in business. The worst scenario can happen, including colleagues that die, big clients that don't pay a fire suggest other worst case business scenarios. Then number three. And I did, um, I did four bullet points. It took me about uh, three or four minutes to write. And when I put that into ChatGPT, it came back with bullet points five through eight. And it had concepts like major data breach or cyber attack, a product recall or safety issue, a prolonged period of poor sales or fiscal performance. And so then I took my one through four, ChatGPT's five through nine, and I pasted it in and I said, rewrite this, but I took out all the numbers. And so, and then I said, use the word emotional, deep, spiritual, and then the repetitive um, hacks to keep it from saying the same thing over and over. And what it came out with was the post that I put on LinkedIn, very little editing. And so um, ChatGPT is a really, 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 really great um, research tool. Um, You can use it for technical things like here's a list of 20 keywords, expand them and divide them by intent. Tell me, list them in five categories, the closer to the conversion they are. Um, you can take a whole bunch of PMAX data and just drop in the whole shitload of it and, and do analysis. Um, and you can um, you could say, like, I think in the blog post, I used the example write me positioning statements about a 25 horsepower wilderness yep. fishing boat. And it came back with um, 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 environmentally friendly quiet, solitude, um, 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 low carbon footprint like it just came back with a bunch of stuff and and like I I mean great I would have found that out about three hours later I would have found all that out and this is all great until the next 25 horsepower wilderness Boat company writes the same query um, so chat GPT is like a horse crap in crap out, like it's the quality of the query, which is why for most of us marketers at the dawn of AI, really we're all in the query building business. It's a tool, but it's not a tool where we have a normal GUI pull down a box and get a multiple choice selection and a radio box or check boxes or put in three words that describe. Um, You have to write like a, a Boolean sort of query like boolean queries work awesome um, mm. on the marketing side tell me something that's about the parentheses this or this or this close parentheses and this or this or this close parentheses uh, that you could use for hashtags and Instagram and have between 50,000 and 80,000 um, mentions a month as of your training period Oh so chat gpt i learned that i've been using it a lot like a lot a lot yeah. a lot and um let's not go gaga but let's be realistic yeah. we're breaking the freaking internet with chat gpt like it we know ways that it ranks amazing we know ways that um it can't be really tracked back to chat but then the big question becomes who owns that shit um right. and like it like it's I, I spoke in Australia in, on a keynote panel in 2012 after my first book came out, and the moderator asked me where we were going to be with Facebook advertising and psychographic targeting in um, 2020. And I said um, litigation. Um, right. uh, really? Uh, like, yeah, because chat GPT is just the next step of, um, of society not being able to keep up Reg- with regulation that's reasonable for technology as it develops. Like there was a data targeting bubble. Like in 2015, you target somebody based on their sexuality, if they mm-hmm. used weed, their politics, their revenue, how many square feet their house was. Mm-hmm. Like these dramatic, um, these dramatic and, and this, and this, and this, and this. Um, and that was because society didn't have the means to keep up with the technological progression and it was crazy pants time for marketers. And that was exactly once in a lifetime that will never happen again because you could bring somebody in from that targeting stack and you could associate the targeting data with the CRM in their CRM. Like it was monkey pants, it was crazy. And that was a bubble that won't ever happen again. But marketers who lived through that renaissance from 2007 until 2017, like that set that 10 years or so you could take away my tools, but you can't take away the instincts that I learned. Like I don't have visibility, but I know. So, um, so the, the new, um, professionals that are coming through don't have the data and don't have the instincts. So our job as leaders of, um, Um, agencies or mentors of executives who um, run agencies is to instill the learnings from the miraculous 10 years where we had such visibility and the 10 years before that from 1997 to 2007, um, where as this whole thing, like I've been, I've been buying keywords on the internet since 1994, in Alta okay. Vista, 1995. Alta
0: Vista would have been the way Vist, to do it. Okay.
1: Then like, yeah. an Overture and Panama and Google for in 2002. Sure. Then, um, like, um, yeah. Once the marketers we're bringing into our agencies now that are just graduating from uni, like they're um, they have a mu- like they never saw all that. So I'm not sure um, how many years of experience you have, but I know it's substantial. I, I've been a professional for more than 40 years. And so I was trained by madmen, literally nice mad men. They didn't drink very much. They were nice to all classes and genders and everything. Um, but I was trained by madmen, and I was trained to spin a yarn and win with one sentence with the shit in the upper left. And then came the digital, um, era. And all of a sudden we had data beginning with web stats and then search logs. And arguably, um, search logs, they're still having use today. And so, um, so I grew up through this whole thing. And then beginning in 2016, after the election in Cambridge Analytica, we just experienced the greatest regression of tech visibility in the history of Earth.
0: Right. But, um,
1: me and my head, my 40-year pro- professional head, like, like, you can take... Like it's an like an airplane pilot learning instrument navigation. You can put that hood on. I'll land the freaking plane. I will. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I I have been in. You mentioned stumble upon. I can remember that. I doubt your your newer people remember stumble upon. But stumble upon.
1: Yeah. uh, yeah. If um, if the if the profile picture had a certain quality, shall we say, Uh and you left it behind, then even if you said nothing, people would come and look at you. So we would go to the tag cloud and stumble upon say it was about the chocolate and we'd find the biggest mover and shaker in the land of chocolate. And we had a chocolate client and we'd create pro a profile that had the look of, shall we say that often resulted in viewbacks of our profile. And then we'd make lists of all the chocolate tag movers and the posts exactly. that we did in spreadsheets. And then we'd go out to them by direct message and say, or by public comment and say, Dear Paste, totally love your chocolate post. Paste post, really rocked my world. I had to go buy chocolate. I love you and I hate you. Um, We'll keep, I'll keep an eye on your content. Love and kisses, Melinda, (laughs) whatever. And then um, the conversion rate for viewbacks, people that looked at our, 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 our sock puppet, was like 90 percent <laughs> they all came and looked the conversion rate of, of tag cloud uh movers and shakers that bookmarked the second post in our feed that was all about our chocolate stuff in new york was like 30 percent like it yeah. broke stubble upon doing that over and over and over again because the best social media yeah. marketing appeals to human nature now we don't do that anymore Um, we don't make shit up. It's kind of uncool. I mean, it's true that in Twitter you could be floppy bunny 42 or in a subreddit, you could be that, but generally we just don't make up people or shit. Um, that, I mean, that's been uncool for a really long time. It was just experimenting that worked in the day. Um, and we don't encourage brands to that. We haven't for the better part of a decade. Um, that said, we learn human nature. Um, like, um, there's an article um, that you may have found called um, "How to Build a Top One Percent LinkedIn Profile by Human Nature" on AimClear blog from like six or seven years ago. Um, this this topic, because Twitter has sort of imploded some with 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 the, with the Musk oxen taking it over, um, uh, Elon the Musk oxen. Um, 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 I saw
0: you were, I saw you were off for a period of time on Twitter too. You, you took a hiatus, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just because, I mean, Elon Musk is sort of like, don't worry, Elon, I won't dox your fucking chat. Um, (laughs) sorry. did I say that? Um, 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 (laughs) sorry. Just mother, 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 mother. Um, um, yeah, because, um, yeah, well, as a. I, there's a few reasons that I don't appreciate the way the channel has evolved. And I was a Twitter lover for like so, so long. And um, I may come back to the channel, but I'm taking a break. And um, LinkedIn is, I know a lot of people who are getting more deeply into LinkedIn, but let's face it. I mean, has anybody ever made you cry on LinkedIn? Have you ever fallen in love on LinkedIn? Like, like, have you ever gone there for like, I mean, it's, yeah, like um, it's not really so much a feeling channel. There's some, uh, ironically, that works really, 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 really well, like feelings work. So for people who come from Twitter and are using LinkedIn more, um, go ahead and let it, let your feelings hang out. I, I, was, I was surprised, I've spoken about a lot of things over the years and when Brett Tabke at PubCon asked me to speak about, speak about LinkedIn automation, it's because the channel is hot and he knows that we just crush it. Mm -hmm. Like we use it to recruit doctors, uh, to, to move to the tundra. We use it to, uh, we use it for a lot, a lot of different, um, reasons. And, um, we're like, I've been into sales navigate the day sales navigator came out, I bought it and I've been a customer the whole time. It's just, it's, it's a pre, it's a pre rack. Yeah. Like we, um, I have a list of KPIs that we um, that we use it for. Just some ideas for you. Sorry for shaking my screen. Don't be. here. Um, yeah, do, you want to, do you want me to do that part, or do you want to go on to the next? Oh,
0: one? yeah, it's a, we don't usually do it. Yet. Please, I think you can share a screen.
1: Um, yeah. let's see, I'm sorry about the shaking screen. I'll be there in a second. I just pulled this stuff for you in case you wanted to ask about it. Um, so the KPIs. Come on. Almost there. Almost there. Um, Almost there. Why do we do it? Um, Why do we do it? Okay. Um, Inbound connection requests from highly targeted audiences, um, LinkedIn post article and newsletter distribution, traffic and engagement, direct outreach from and to targets, durable, authentic, actual relationships with real people, um, paid lift, because of the personal branding benefit of being associated with the company. We build retargeting and remarketing lists when they come to our landing pages. Sure. We generate more and higher quality B2B and B2B2C leads and sales. Um, um, other KPIs are increased close rate. Like we talk to a company, I crawl the whole department. Like we're right? talking to a company and the state the C-suite. Um, we, we generate measurable brand awareness, new brand keyword search in Google, um, direct traffic to our website, um, segments on the website convert better, human resources recruitment, um, earned and placed media. Um, we know how to target journalists like who are producers at NBC or or the sports columnists oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Apple yeah. Star Tribune links, enhanced personal um influence. Content strategy hub, it's a fine place to run a content strategy because even though you don't own it, which is sort of a no, no, it ranks really well in Google. Um, it's the definitive business psychographic research tool in many countries and um, also great for PR internal relationships with your own larger company, um, community relations, investor relations, media relations, your own network, your customers. Like there's just a lot of great reasons like link if you asked me over the years like what my swiss army knife desert island tools would be mm-hmm. um like, yeah. like i mean i um, it would have to be google facebook and linkedin and depending on the application not in any particular order google has the widest array of products i guess google would be first with youtube and all um, but linkedin it's super important you can find out anything Not anything, but you can find out so much about um, the businesses that you're dealing with. Like I call up a new contact or I have the intake call with a new client. I go, well, you've had a hell of a career. Like, I mean, I mean, you've been doing this since you were, I mean, like, like you graduated from college in like 2008 and it's just been insane. Like it was a really fast rise to the C-suite. You've got a strong marketing background. Um, you lived in wow. Japan and worked for, and like, I just know all about, and then I also know that their colleague used to run an agency like ours. Yeah. And so, so does your boss micromanage? They come from an agency background in the paid part, and that's your job. Like, I mean, like, I mean, are they in your face with a microscope or, um, are you allowed? I mean, I just know things that you shouldn't know and yeah. really, and like people read that as familiarity and research and how do you know that shit
0: right they, they don't they don't uh, they don't think of it as it's like you're prepared you've prepared for the interview and that you're you know them and you could do it
1: fast like i mean you've been there you run an agency or you you founded your agency right so um, funny i did not research um you for this because I thought um I thought I was course curious. Course.
0: I was curious if you did. I yeah, I was gonna
1: do it. I, I didn't track that it was you, but I could have. <laughs> Plus I know I'm among friends. So yeah, um dude. so so what's really you've been you've done plenty of pitches, right? Where you've got the intake form and you've got the okay. correspondences and you're in a really busy day and you've got just like 12 minutes, and um and you've seen so many case studies that doesn't really take a long time to understand like the things that many people think are differentiators really aren't. Um, right. So two minutes with Sales Navigator, four minutes with Sales Navigator, two minutes with the intake form, read over the emails, yippee skippy.
0: Wow, I love it. I love this. So I, I think it's fascinating. I like the idea of like a, if you were in a desert island and you had one Swiss Army knife, LinkedIn's in there. I mean, it's that's it's that big for you. It's, it's you not- ask me
1: right now if I... Um, if I would give up Facebook, if I had Google and I would, if I had only picked two, it would be. Yeah. Google. Let's
0: say, 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 keep two. Google would and, you? Uh,
1: the Google Echo system and LinkedIn. Without the Google a question. and LinkedIn.
0: Did you ever think you would say that in 2014 or 2013 when they had, when Facebook had the, the targeting that you mentioned before Cambridge Analytica, before the, before the election of 2016? I mean, like
1: because no, we made a meal of it. Like we made <laughs> Facebook is, Facebook is great. Like, um, I mean, I have dear friends that I have dear friends at Facebook and, and, um, and Facebook is really great. And I think they're great people too. I mean, I know they get a bad knock. Um, if you really pay attention, you'll see that they're willing to chew their leg off to get out of the trap. Like, um, Facebook has a track record. Of doing as right a thing as they can, um even whilst cannibalizing billions of dollars. Like, like I yeah, they do it when they have to and all, but I I I like I I like Facebook. I think they have the same problems as every channel, um, that they just grew so fast. Like you call Facebook, there's nobody that's a marketer like you. Facebook was made by engineers, and so the the kind of people that they put in charge of hundred million dollar accounts or fifty thousand dollar accounts or anything. Okay. It's just like OMG. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm sorry your Stanford MBA doesn't really help my marketing decision shit.
0: Yeah, I get it. Well unbelievable I, I want to ask you about clear if I could. Yeah. Um you guys the one the one thing about clear I could I could tell is you have one a preposterous number of awards if it's if it's like it's like 27 u.s search awards correct me if i'm wrong six Inc. 5000 awards you've been just one of the most decorated agencies in you know all of all of search what in america is,
1: in the u.s search awards that would be in american history
0: like, i would uh, think in
1: american, american history
0: seven times you won the same award in a row or something like integrated search what yeah. what 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 is going on there. Where do you put all these awards? What do you, uh, wh- what do you attribute to all your success? And how do you, how do you, how do you look at awards this, this far down into your career?
1: Hold on a second.
0: Please. It's a beautiful office. Okay. There they are. <laughs> I, I recognize that. I recognize the U.S. Search Award, we have two of them. But my
1: God, and then, that's five of the Ink Five Thousands right there. Well, first, um, awards are only as cool as your clients and your team, and so we yeah. just have to remember that they're not awards for award's sake. They're awards because uh, our clients are freaking awesome and trust us a lot, and um, and our staff is amazing. Like we like the average length of employment at our company is pretty high. Like we, I think we were 16 years old. We have 40% of the original staff. Um, when, we were 10, geez, after when we were 16 years old, we have we have four of the original 10 are still here. And we have many 10 year veterans or a number of 10 year veterans. Um, uh, what makes us special is that we're entrepreneurs. Like the difference between marketing and business consulting is nothing <laughs> like most marketers get caught up in the x's and o's we're entrepreneurs like we help solve business complex business matters and it's a really diverse and driven crowd too like they're they're not just marketers they're photographers and speakers extreme <laughs> kite and um musicians and um and um, it's not very often that you have an agency that has the kind of performance marketing chops that we have, um, hardcore, blood and guts funnel, attributable conversions, spending tens, hundreds of millions, and um, the softer skills. Like like we have a hundred years between we're, we have a hundred years between us of PR experience. One person is a Pulitzer nominee. One person who was associate editor of the Chicago. Um, Tribune. One person was a network news director and did a 25-year career. Um, so, and we've got gorgeous design, amazing development. Um, like, it's just really rare to find a, like a PR or a creative agency that has the kind of performance marketing chops that we do, and it's really rare to find a performance marketing company that has the kind of um, soft skills that we do. So, we know WTF to say. Um, we've worked with clients, Airbnb, Uber, PayPal, Venmo, eBay all over the world, Dell, LinkedIn, Etsy, Gumtree all over the world. Iconic brand. We took Martha Stewart to Facebook ads in
0: 2009.
1: Um, lots of marketers hire us um, to teach data marketing product or to sell mark- data-centric marketing products to marketers who don't know what they do or even how to ask for them. Um, once also... Um, uh, um, um, we get a lot of attention ourselves. We've been, um, cited in the wall street journal and, um, many other, pub- once there was an article in the wall street journal about targeting journalists with Facebook ads from a journalist, we targeted in the wall street, worked at the wall street journalists to content that was about targeting journalists with Facebook ads. <laughs> and I got to call my, um, my mother rest her soul and say, mom, we're in the wall street journal. Um, um. Um. So. So. Um. Also. Yeah. We. We just. Um, we have really, really, really great case studies, and we know how to write a case study, and and we're huge believers in the search awards. Like they're hard. They're hard to win, man. Like they're really hard to win. Like I know this because I judge the EU and UK awards, and so it's they're hard to win, like they're hard to win and um and every year um we go out and we just say we're a new company. nobody's ever heard of us. You just have to completely win this on like the merit. Like we don't sit on our laurels at all. Like, we um a lot of it is like we know the difference between um when to just do best practices and when to when to be transformative. Um, yeah. So so I would say the answer to your question is exceptional clients who trust us. And I, I think we have the best staff in the world. I mean, I, I, I do. I, I, we certainly have one of the top staffs and one of the top teams in the world. They're very... Oh, also, we don't do any departments. We train up everybody in as many of the disciplines as possible.
0: So everyone's in a Yeah, You've got, so staff, so you've okay, got somebody
1: in ad ops and they know a lot about PR where you've got somebody in PR and they absolutely understand what RLSA is and PMAX and what a asset set is for PMAX. So like lots and lots and lots of multiplicity in, in roles out of our staff, like, like we have approximately 24 people on our staff and um, 11 of them literally are wonderful video editors. Like we, we're, the, <laughs> we're, we're the Island of misfit toys. We just have, radically talented people who have found their home with us and it's um it's not clicky at all it's completely a family it's um we've had some very wonderful professionals that have come through stayed for 10 years and moved on this is the best name clear we've ever had ever it's so fun it's why I get to travel around the world taking pictures of the Northern yeah. Lights.
0: Yeah it sounds it sounds like you're you're running to work. Uh it sounds like you're running to work but. Working with entrepreneurs. I love that. That sounds it sounds like it's Yeah, like how many um, of your
1: employees really know what it means to spend like fifteen grand a month on something every month?
0: Yeah.
1: Like here yeah. we've been able to communicate this is somebody's freaking money. It's their job. Right. Like that thirty K that they pay us a month, that five K they pay us a month, that sixty K they pay us a month, that's three hundred thousand a month in media spend that million a month in media spend that ten thousand a month in media spend and dude you use that to buy your car like you use that right. to pay for your deductible and your health insurance like like just imparting that this is somebody's life you are messing with and not just marketing so we've built up that sensitivity that um, you and I know but newer professionals need to learn it
0: like yeah. Well, guys, I think this is awesome. You are, you're a fascinating person to talk to. I love, I've loved every second of it. I have to get to everybody's favorite part of the show, but you kind of, you kind of got there already. So everyone's favorite part of the show is uh, Greg Gifford gives me a question for the guest. If he knows the guest, but he gives me no context. So I don't know anything. And hopefully you know something. It's a bit of a highway act for both of us. And he'll give me one or two words usually. And so for you, he put Northern lights. You just mentioned Northern lights. We talked about photography. What What about the Northern lights uh, could he be talking about
1: here? Well, he knows I take a lot of pictures of the Northern lights, but I'll tell you just okay. a few things about it philosophically. I'm not into uh-huh. Northern lights pictures that are just over the tops of pine trees. I'm interested in fore uh-huh. and mid ground interest. So I wanna see the red fishing shack or the, um, or the three mountaintops leading to a village. So foreign mid-ground interest also, interestingly, um, you shoot Northern lights with a camera that is set to be fairly sensitive for you. Photography geeks that would be between 640 and maybe 2000 ISO and you shoot with the lens way open, maybe F 1.8 or 1.4, or even 1.2, depending on the lens that you have. And Northern lights dance. And so you've all seen pictures of water with a long exposure where it looks just really flowy, right? Like it's long exposure, it's dreamy. Well, Northern lights are like that too. So if you shoot like an eight second exposure or a 12 second exposure or something like that, um, it gets all flowy, but if you look at my most recent pictures, I just upgraded all my camera stuff for one reason. So it was sensitive enough with no noise to shoot one second shots of the Northern Lights or 2.5 second shots. Cause my, you'll see if you just go to my personal Facebook profile, which you don't have to friend me to. You can, if you want, but you don't have to friend me. You'll, I post them in public, um, cause it's kind of my channel somehow, um, those, those are like 2.5-second shots. My What I've been trying to do is freeze the dance. Free The same way if you're shooting a waterfall, you want to freeze the droplets yeah. in the air more, or, or two seconds, that won't freeze it. Like a hundredth of a second will freeze it, but most cameras would not be so sensitive that you pull that off and get enough light. But just like in waterfalls, a one-second or a two-second waterfall shot is substantially more detail than a 20 second waterfall shot. So um, so what I would say to Greg about Northern Lights is for and mid-ground interest, and then um, then quicker, quicker shutter speeds to find the intersection of flowy and freezing the dance.
0: Wow, well, Marty, I'm gonna tell you, this was a hard uh, interview to, to get off the ground. I had to reschedule one time I got the flu, you had to reschedule, we had some technical difficulties. You might be the most fascinating oh, person I've ever talked so to. This, is, this has oh, been great. So thank you so much for, for coming on. For really cool I,
1: mug that will now gray, same, clear.
0: I, I appreciate you, you. You're running out of space to put things, objects of that size. So I, I appreciate Boy, you. If I had a dollar for every
1: a... time somebody told me that, I would have one dollar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, all right well I'm going to give you a virtual cheers and sign off for now thanks so much Marty let's let's do this again in real life sometime so soon. fun
1: can't wait to meet you in person
0: Mark